Hello again. Welcome to another edition of the Brattlecast, brought to you by the Brattle Bookshop in Boston on West Street, which is still standing. And my good friend Ken Gloss is joining me, Jordan Rich. And Ken, uh, give us an update as to what's happening at the Brattle Bookshop right now. Uh, well, right now, we, I go in every weekday. Um, I'm, I'm here. I'm answering phones. I'm doing emails. I'm trying to keep in touch either by text uh, with uh, some friends, colleagues, people asking about books. Uh, I wish we could be open, but uh, we also have to stay safe and healthy because ultimately all of the difficulties economically, uh, business-wise, if you're healthy, you're going to get through it. And uh, so we keep our distance, we're careful, but uh, we still, books are still fun. And quite honestly, the library is closed. Uh, the bookstores are closed. And me coming into work, I actually know where I can get a book and take it home and read it. <laughs> That's true. You have the greatest treasure trove of books on the planet. So today we thought we'd focus on an interesting aspect, and that is the miniatures, the small books. And uh, it's not ne necessarily for little people either, for little kids. But I want to talk to you about this, and I have no idea where you're going to go with this, so I'm all ears. It well, away. it's interesting because um, there, there are almost anything you can think of, there are people who are interested in collecting. And a lot of people don't realize there's a whole aspect of collecting of what are called miniature books. In general, miniature books are considered under two inches. And uh, my wife has a collection of, uh, well, I'd say there's probably about 25, 30 that I brought in. And it's interesting because, or there's actually maybe more. This I'm holding this up to the screen that the, and it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's not a small book. It's a sort of an average size, a little bit thicker. And on the binding, it says small pleasures. Yes, but, that looks like a big book, but inside. But when you opened it up, it's a bookshelf. It's a bookshelf. And, in, and inside of it are probably 25 or 30 uh, miniature books. Awesome. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull away from the screen a little to get a few out. And my wife likes more modern ones. Now, miniature books go back into the 1500s. Um, and uh, they've been printed all, all along. And most of them were printed as novelty items, sort of unusual items. Um, when you really think of it, when you start getting to books that are this the size that I'm holding up now, which is uh, maybe an inch. Uh, and this particular one was done in the 1980s, but it has, it's an alphabet. So oh. each page is a drawing of an alphabet. It's, it's limited to 40 copies. It's in a beautiful leather binding. So somebody really did an, a lot of work Absolutely. putting together a really beautiful book. And, and within miniature books, you can collect sort of uh, scholarly studies that people put out. Uh, there are a lot of miniature dictionaries that were put out uh, in the 60s and 70s. Now, I've looked at a lot of these and I don't know how you could possibly use them. I think they were more meant as gifts when people go away. So, because when you open up and look at the print, you'd need magnifying glass. And there's actually one that came out in the late 1800s and it comes in a little case 
but the case is a magnifying glass. Oh, so great. You can look at it. Now, uh, another one that I have here is called a bestiary. And it's in a little box. Uh, and what it is is the pages of the books. Uh, this one's each one has a beautiful woodcut illustration uh, with an animal on it. Mm -hmm. uh, it has a very pretty binding. And then this was a deluxe edition so that it had an extra print signed by the artist. And my, my wife, she likes that type of thing. But then there are some very unusual ones. Here's a book that's there's a, cork, a wine cork, uh, and, it, oh. and then you open up the pages oh. between the wine corks. So she tends to like ones with the artist in the mm -hmm. bookseller, in the book publisher, and that has nice illustrations, but also might have interesting items in their construction. Here's a copy of The Night Before Christmas. And it's in the shape of a Christmas tree. Oh, isn't that clever? And, oh, and, that's so wonderful. Oh, my goodness. So, so almost anything. Let me see if I can get it open to show the listeners on radio. Well, it, it is there. <laughs> I, I see the text. It's very small, but I see it. Yeah. And, and there are societies of miniature book collectors who do nothing but collect miniature books. Um, it was interesting because... We made this one. We made this one book, um, and then put shelves in it. And so we have the large part of our collection in what you look on our bookshelf as one book, and you don't realize that the the uh, there's a whole collection of books in it. I'll tell you one of the things though. One of my colleagues does a lot of work with miniature books, and many of our staff are very envious of them. And the reason they're envious of them is they get a call and someone says, I have a thousand books and they have a suitcase. <laughs> and they carry, you've you've talked about how heavy these books can be sometimes. That's an we, easy we, we get a We get a, a, a someone who calls and says they have a thousand books and everybody's going, well, okay, that's 50, 60 boxes of heavy books we've got to carry out of an attic or a basement. Uh, there's a big advantage to uh, carrying uh, miniature books. And, and you can do it in almost any price range. You can collect miniature books that sell for a couple of dollars. Uh, you can get, they actually have what they call a thumb Bible. And the reason they call it a thumb Bible is the size of the a typical person's thumbnail, that it's actually that small. Uh, and they've been able to print those nowadays because of photographic and modern printing presses. That's my question. Uh, you talked about some of the early ones way back hundreds of years ago. They obviously, what, had to do them by hand, I guess, they had right? Not only do them by hand, they had to cut the type. Oh, that's yeah. incredible. And, and so wow. when you get to the really early ones, the prices can go up. I mean, some of them have jeweled bindings, have beautiful items. Uh, there's... Uh, a very famous Queen Victoria had a dollhouse and there were books made specifically for Queen Victoria's dollhouse. So those are one pity and there were some facsimiles and so on, but those were 
very collectible books. Uh, we had a lady once, I got a call, and I was buying her regular books or collection, but it turned out that she also had a collection of miniature Bibles. And, you know, you think, well, gee, little miniature Bibles, how many of those can there be? She had 3,000 of them. <laughs> and, and she had oh, spice man. racks hanging all around her house, which were the bookshelves. Oh, I love spice racks. Necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? Wow, that is so cool. Now, are they still being, you said there are, there are modern versions, still, still being produced today. Oh, absolutely. There, there, you can go. There are societies of miniature book collectors. There are actually books about miniature book collecting. There are exhibitions. Uh, if you go to most of the major book fairs, like in Boston, there's one at the Heinz in November. There will be some of the dealers who have collections of miniature books, but there are societies of miniature book collectors that uh, it's a fun, it's a different type of item. Uh, I always enjoy getting them. There are a few uh, colleagues that I know that specialize in the miniature books. And many times what happens if I know it's a particularly great collection, I'll call them in, we'll collaborate, we'll get them, then we'll get the ones that need to go to museums, to museums, special collections that you know, collections that you know that the collector needs this or that. Uh, and sometimes they just make fun displays in our bookcases and people come in and go, oh, look at that. Uh, you know, it's dawned on me, by the way, especially today when we're recording some new podcast via the, your wife should be named because she is such a She's such a producer of great information and content. Uh, Joyce, we should give her a shout out here because uh, uh, she collects all these wonderful things. I know you guys are in the business together and all that, but wow, she's, she deserves a shout out. Don't you think, Ken? Uh, well, I always think that. <laughs> uh, she also, although I'm the one that people see most of the time, she's the one that keeps the store running. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who keeps the back end of it going, the uh computers and so on and also too many many times she's the one who corrals me in a little sometimes i get so enthusiastic about something matter of fact one of the things <laughs> that one of the things she'll sometimes mention even when we're doing the podcast is that i tend to ramble on and on but that's what i like that's my personality oh. and uh and and then she'll collect this we had a huge collection that I got for her of jazz books. She used to collect books on jazz. And uh, when we first met, it was a way of me sort of courting her in a way. I was <laughs> something signed by Billie Holiday. Uh, I didn't find a miniature jazz book for her, though. Uh, that's something I'll still have to look for. That's a new topic, how to woo your your loved one with books. I, I will say that uh, these are tremendous topics uh, anytime, but particularly now when people are shut in on purpose. But in the past uh, episode, we talked about asking folks if they want to send pictures in of things at home that we can maybe talk about on the podcast and, and sort of give a quick appraisal to. Well, I'd love to do that. I thought that that might be interesting. Uh, if people send some pictures in, said we'd like you to do this on the podcast, send them in. I mean, we'll do the appraisal whether uh, they get onto the podcast or not. I do that every day, all day. If you want to send in some miniature books, one one piece of advice while we're talking about miniature books, 
Yes. When you send the picture in, put a little ruler next to it, a penny, uh, a dime, yes. a quarter, because it gives perspective. It's amazing. Sometimes you can't tell. Or your thumb. Or your thumb. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes you can't tell whether a book's 12 inches or 1.2 inches unless you have a perspective. But uh, yeah, a, a lot of times we can easily get uh, some people and talk about why a book might be important and what the value might be. And I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that. It might make some interesting topics. Somebody just called, and that's good. As we record this on Zoom, somebody's calling the store. Anyway, uh, the website that you want to check out, of course, is brattlebookshop.com, and you can connect with Ken via email, um, all kinds of ways to do that. And the podcast continues no matter what. The miniature books, what a great topic. Thank you, and again, thank your lovely bride. She's terrific. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I hope people listen, and we'll send in some ideas, books, you know, almost any book that was ever done, be it a miniature book, uh, we did Anne Frank recently, they were published because somebody thought they were interesting. And almost all of them, if you look back on them, you can talk about them. And people are, have questions. And I love doing it. So thank and you. You stay well. This has been the Brattlecast. We'll talk to you next time.